Okay, so this is our podcast on A Course in Miracles, and we're continuing our discussion on the Song of Prayer. Well, this section is called Praying for Others. We said that prayer is always for yourself, and this is so. Why then should you pray for others at all? And if you should, how should you do it? Praying for others, if rightly understood, becomes a means for lifting your projections of guilt from your brother and enabling you to recognize it is not he who is hurting you. The poisonous thought that he is your enemy, your evil counterpart, your nemesis, must be relinquished before you can be saved from guilt. For this is the means for this the means is prayer of rising power and with ascending goals until it reaches even up to God. The earlier forms of prayer at the bottom of the ladder will not be free from envy and malice. They call for vengeance, not for love, nor do they come from one who understands that they are calls for death made out of fear by those who cherish guilt. They call upon a vengeful God with a lower G, and it is he who seems to answer them. Hell cannot be asked for another and then escaped by him who asks for it. Only those who are in hell can ask for hell. Those who have been forgiven and who have, who accepted their forgiveness could never make a prayer like that. Okay. Did you understand that part? Well, um, it says, you know, you pray for yourself and then this subject of praying for others, it's like, you want to be free of your own guilt and you also want to remove that from what you think of others as well. So I, I think it's, it's still a matter of the prayer is for yourself even if the other is involved. So let's take this case, let's keep on this example of we have a couple of friends who have family members that are ill. So how would we pray for them in relationship to what you just read? Well, this is what I didn't understand. It says... um At these levels, the learning goal must be to recognize that prayer will bring an answer only in the form in which the prayer was made. What I have asked for my brother is not what I would have. Thus have I made him my enemy. This is what I don't understand. How could you be making him your enemy if you're praying for him? Well, it's it's the same situation that we have for ourselves. If we perceive a problem and a need, then we're perceiving ourselves at a lower level. You know, it said yesterday that the only true prayer is one of thanksgiving and joy Mm. because you're perceiving yourself rightly uh, as a son of God. It's like you're, you're praying as the Christ that all your needs have already been met and everything asked for is already given. So that prayer is one of thanksgiving and joy that you're praying for what you already have. 
not for something you lack, right? Okay, so by the same token, if, if you're praying for a friend who has a family member who's ill, you have to pray as though their family member is already healed. Thank you that they are healed. Thank them that they are healed. So if you're perceiving your friend has a family member who's sick, that's like also perceiving some guilt. Because we discovered yesterday that if you're sick, it's as a result of guilt. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so it's still, you have to pray as though there is no problem and the Christ is there and everything is provided, including good health mm. in this case. So read it again and let's see if What I, I have asked for my brother is not what I would have. Thus have I made him my enemy. Oh, you mean the earlier paragraph? Yeah, yeah. Read the, just that, that part of that first paragraph that second paragraph. The earlier form of prayer at the bottom of the ladder will not be free from envy and malice. They call for vengeance, not for love, nor do they come from one who understands that they are calls for death made out of fear by those who cherish guilt. Okay. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. Hell cannot be asked for another and then escape by him who asked for it. So, why am, if uh, at the bottom of the ladder, the prayer will not be free from envy and malice? Well, I think we still have to go back to everything is provided and all of the, all of the answers are already there. And w if we're praying for a lack if we're praying for a lack to be filled then we are perceiving the lack so the lack could come in the form of sickness mm -hmm. like we have a friend who has a family member who is sick mm -hmm. well are we going to perceive them well or are we going to go into agreement with them being sick mm -hmm. And I still think that that's what it's talking about, like, like the guilt would have to be there if we're perceiving the sickness. Mm. Here's what it says. So if we have not in our prayer removed that guilt and see them, see the people as well, then we're attacking them. Oh, wow, that's pretty intense. Yeah, I see now what you're saying. Here so that's what it's saying, yeah. like you're perceiving the guilt still there. You're not removing it. So, mm. so then, and that's, and that's always going to be, um, re, you know, uh, have a repercussion on your own self. Like if you are praying for someone who's sick and you're seeing them as sick, then it's possible you're seeing yourself as sick. Mm. Okay, I got it. Here's what it said. Guilt must be given up and not concealed. Yeah. Nor can this be done without some pain and a glimpse of the merciful nature of this step may for some time be followed by a deep retreat into fear. 
for fear's defenses are fearful in themselves, and when they are recognized, they bring their fear with them. Yet what advantage has an illusion of escape ever brought a prisoner? His real escape from guilt can lie only in the recognition that guilt has gone. And how can this be recognized as long as he hides it in another and does not see it as his own? Fear of escape makes it difficult to welcome freedom and to make a jailer of an enemy and to make a jailer of an enemy seems to be safety. How then can he be released without an insane fear for yourself? You have made him your salvation and your escape from guilt. Your investment in this escape is heavy and your fear of letting it go is strong. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, any anyone who you see as so-called sick is another opportunity for you to let go of the guilt in yourself. Yeah. Stand still an instant now and think what you have done. Do not forget that it is you who did it and who can therefore let it go. Hold out your hand. This enemy has come to bless you. Take his blessing and feel how your heart is lifted and your fear released. Do not hold on to it nor on to him. He is a son of God along with you. He is no jailer, but a messenger of Christ. Be this to him that you may see him thus. It is not easy to realize that prayers for things, for status, for human love, for external gifts of any kind are always made to set up jailers and to hide from guilt. These things are used for goals that substitute for God and therefore distort the purpose of prayer. Yeah, that's a good line. Because when you're asking for things, like it was saying yesterday, true prayer is not entreaty. It's not asking for things. Mm. When you do that, it's like you've made an idol and you've lost your focus on your divine source in which all things are already provided. Mm. So you're perceiving a need where at a higher level there are no needs. So you've gone down to a level that's what means the lower rungs of the ladder. There's sort of a ladder of prayer. And on the lower levels, if you're perceiving needs and you're asking for things in your prayers, then you haven't risen into your divine self where you're totally focused on, on um, you know, this energy where everything is provided already and you have everything already. Mm. So then that would merit thanksgiving and gratitude. The goal of God is lost in the quest for lesser goals of any kind. Yeah. And prayer becomes requests for enemies. Well, yeah, and it's but that's that's a pretty deep statement. Like let's say you do perceive a need, like you need something in your life, you know, a car, a house, a, mm -hmm. it's, that's a pretty powerful statement to say that that's a, a lower order, you know, 
The goal, it, for, the goal of God is lost. The goal of God is lost, yeah. So when you have the lower needs or you're focused on the lower needs, then the goal of God is lost. I mean, that's a pretty powerful statement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people would probably disagree with that. Yeah. It says one need not ask explicitly. explicitly. Yeah. The power of prayer can be quite clearly recognized even in this. No one who wants an enemy will fail to find one. But just as surely will he lose the only true goal that is given him. Think of the cost and understand it well. All other goals are at the cost of God. Well, yeah. I mean, that's another powerful statement. Who would believe that wanting something to be fulfilled other than your connection with God is racked with guilt, you know? Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, it, this is, uh, this Course in Miracles is not for the faint of heart. Oh no, my goodness. So basically it's saying the only one prayer is for your absorption into your divine consciousness. That should be the only prayer we that have. That should be the only prayer you have. And anything anything else is going to divert your attention away from that. And therefore, that's an attack and that's guilt and that's something at a lower level and it's not true prayer. Saying only prayer is your prayer to be aware of your divine connection and the joy and the gratitude and the thanksgiving that comes along with that. Wow. And then in that connection, all your other problems are solved. Okay. See, it's it's very similar to that two lessons where it says, let me recognize mm-hmm. the problem so it can be solved. Mm-hmm. And then let me recognize all my problems have been solved. Well, it says you think you have a thousand problems and then you go about trying to solve each one, you know. But Mm -hmm. the only one real problem is your imagined separation from your source. Mm -hmm. And if you solve that problem, all other problems would be solved because if you're divinely connected to your source in that connection, there are no problems. Mm But you'd have to shift your focus and stop trying to make up these problems and solve them, you know, because it diverts your attention away from your divine connection. Mm. So the only prayer we should have is, I want my divine absorption in God, right? Something like that, yeah. Mm. Wow. Should I read this another one or do this one later? Praying for we'll read that last paragraph again. And... It is not easy to realize that prayers for things, for status, for human love, for external gifts of any kind are always made to set up jailers and to hide from guilt. Hmm. These things are used for goals that substitute for God and therefore distort the purpose of prayer. The desire for them is the prayer. What does that mean? The desire for them is the prayer. Okay, so if you're setting up needs and you have these desires and you have these needs that aren't met then that's the prayer 
you've you've diverted your focus away from your divine connection and you've said oh I don't have everything I need this or I don't have everything I have this desire or wouldn't I be more happy if I could accomplish this you know so you've diverted your attention away from your source mm. and you've made that an idol and then that's kind of your jailer it's kind of a, it's a prayer a negative prayer it keeps you it keeps you in lack it keeps you in not having not being probably keeps you in some degree of unhappiness so that's that's a misuse of prayer the goal of God is lost in the quest for lesser goals of any kind. Uh, that's a strong statement. Mm -hmm. So how many people spend most of their day focused on their divine connection? Yeah, very few. Not too many people no. do that because they're too preoccupied with everything else. I mean, in a, and, and then they're going to say, well, in order to be responsible, we have to be focused on these worldly things. Well, yeah, but in the focus on the worldly things, are you seeing that divine connection in that, you know? It's like you could be doing the dishes, thinking of how much you hate doing the dishes, or you could be doing the dishes thinking about the beauty of God in the dishes. Mm. You know, and it's going to be two different, totally different experiences. Mm, right. okay. So, so this, it, it's not saying you're not going to have interactions in the worldly level. It's going to, it's just saying that what are you focused on while you're in that worldly level? And you can focus on the divine connection within those activities that you have in the world. Should I read this page or do it tomorrow? Just do another paragraph, yeah. Uh, praying with others. Until the second level at least begins, one cannot share in prayer. For until that point, each one must ask for different things. But once the need to hold the other as an enemy has been questioned, and the reason for doing so has been recognized, if only for an instant, it becomes possible to join in prayer. Enemies do not share a goal. It is in this their enemy and enmity is kept. Their separate wishes are their arsenals, their fortresses in hate. They, the key to rising further still in prayer lies in this simple thought, this change of mind. We go together, you and I. Okay. Now is it possible to help in prayer and so reach up yourself. Reach, so reach up yourself. This step begins the quicker ascent, but there are still many lessons to learn. <clears throat> the way is open and hope is justified. Yet it is likely at first that what is asked for even by those who join in prayer is not the goal that the prayer should truly seek. Even together you may ask for things and thus set up but an illusion of goal you share. You may ask together for specifics and not realize that you are asking for effects without the cause. And this you cannot have, for no one can receive effects alone. Asking a cause 
from which they do not come to offer them to him. Yeah, okay. So then, um, let's use this example of our friends who have family members who are ill. Like, Tarji used to have this prayer when people passed away, and he, he would say, may so-and-so come to know their true identity, mm. right? So that was the prayer. May John or Jim or Jane come to know their true identity. Well, that would be, that would be their absorption into their divine mm-hmm. consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Their connection with their source. So that's really the only one true prayer. So that could apply to people who are sick too. Like you wouldn't say, well, let John or Mary have the cure for cancer or the cure for whatever this sickness is. Because see, then you're saying that it's even possible for them to be sick. The higher level is to say, let John or Mary be absorbed into their true identity mm-hmm. or their divine connection. Mm-hmm. Because at that level, there is no sickness. Mm-hmm. Do you see the difference? Yeah. You're either praying for them at the lower level where they're sick and you want a solution, which there probably aren't any, and then because the real solution is their divine connection. So you have to pray at the higher level of their divine connection. So that's where it's saying if you're praying with others, you can still make a mistake mm-hmm. and pray for things that are diverting your attention from the divine connection. And that's then you've sabotaged the prayer. Mm. I think I'll read these two paragraphs and that'll be enough today. Yeah. Even the joining then is not enough. If those who pray together do not ask for all else, what is the will of God? From this cause, capital C, only can the answer come in which all specifics satisfied, all separate wishes united, unified as in one. Prayer for specifics always asks to have the past repeated in some way. What was enjoyed before or seemed to be what was another's and he seemed to love, all those are but illusions from the past. The aim of prayer is to release the present from its change of past illusions, to let it be freely chosen remedy from every choice that stood for a mistake. What prayer can offer now so far exceeds all that you asked before that it is pitiful to be content with less. You have chosen a newborn chance each time you pray, and would you stifle and imprison it in ancient prisons when the chance has come to free yourself from all of them at once? Do not restrict your asking. Prayer can bring the peace of God. What time-bound thing can give you more than this in just a little space that lasts until it crumbles into dust? Wow. Well, I like that part where it says you're praying for the will of God to be made manifest, Mm -hmm. right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. What's that line where it's saying, pray for the will of God? Yeah, it says... Even the joining then is not enough. If those who pray together do not ask before all else, what is the will of God? Yeah, okay. So in, in the event that you're praying with others who have family members who are ill, the highest prayer is to pray 
that the will of God be made manifest. And the so, will of God is the joy, right? Well, that would be the joy. But see, we don't know people's karmas. We don't know... Um, You, you know, we don't know the right outcome. So we're asking for the will of God to be made manifest. And then I think in that, in that way, we're aligning with what's right to happen or what should happen, you know, and not concluding that, oh, it should be this or it should be that. But wouldn't healing always be the the will of God? Well, what do you see as the healing? You see as the healing as somebody staying in their body? Hmm. Maybe, yeah. You know, like, let's just say somebody has a debilitating disease and it's not... Hmm necessarily going to get better mm-hmm. well the highest thought might be that they're released from their misery and they leave their body right. mm-hmm. so are we to say that uh, that's not the will of God mm-hmm. you know and that and that they should like have this miraculous healing of you know all of a sudden now they don't they're not decrepit and they're not in this illness I mean I suppose it's possible Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead um, but there's so many other factors you know that we're not aware of so I okay thank you yeah I mean I I want to get this you know Mm -hmm. like the subject is prayer. The subject is the song of prayer. The subject is making the right prayer, not being fooled into the level of the ego asking for stuff to happen, mm-hmm. you know, or asking to get stuff, or asking for a situation to be different than it is. So I think if there's anything I got out about what you read today, is what true prayer still has to be asking for your divine connection and the will of your creator to be made manifest. Mm -hmm. And we don't always necessarily know what that is going to look like. Mm -hmm. You know, in our, in our limited perception, we, we have an idea of what it ought to look like, but that may not be what it, what it's meant to be. You know, so if we ask for this divine connection and for the will of God to be known, then that is the closest we can come to a true prayer. And then we have to let go of what of the result that we think it ought to be. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. Otherwise, we're still projecting what we think it ought to be, and then that's that's like a a physical result that's removing us from this divine connection. It's saying, you know, you're, you've focused away from the divine connection. You've made 
you've made that more important than your divine connection. So, uh, it's, you know, this is a very deep section, and I, I think we, we all have to look at it, because Jesus wouldn't be laying this out if there weren't some uh, higher level that we need to go to that we haven't gone to. Mm-hmm. And maybe humankind has never gone to it because we we all have always thought, oh well, when you pray, you just say, oh well, I've got a problem and I want God to solve it, and we pray for things, mm-hmm. you know. But this is trying to get us focused on a different uh, a different solution, and the solution would be always make your divine connection and then if that's authentic and you really are making that divine connection all the problems all the lower level problems are solved mm. that's beautiful yeah thank you and according to the will of of this divine will you know so so i think i think we're learning something really profound here but it's going to take us a while to get it because it's so against the nature of Mm -hmm. what we've been taught and how we've been programmed to think about prayer and so we're thinking about prayer in a whole different way and okay thank you thank you